welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 15th episode of Pasco Podcast. Join us today are from our fire rescue department, Fire Marshal Justin Frum and Executive Officer Robert Chalmers. Welcome and glad to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Mr. Biles. So uh, as we get started, um, can I just, can you give uh, the audience kind of a little bit about yourself and then, you know, how you came to Pasco County and to the position you're in today? So uh, I was fortunate in uh, the Dade City merger. I started my career with the city of Dade City. I uh, had a desire to serve the public, and I spent some years over there in both capacities of law enforcement and fire uh, with the city. And then in 03, we entertained the merger with Fire Rescue Services to come to the county. So uh, I onboarded with the county then and uh, been here since. Excited to be here. Thankful for the opportunity. Um, it was a unique position, and uh, the transition that we went through at the time with uh, the city of Dade City and, and the county I think uh, set a standard for a smooth transition with the recent merger of Zephyr Hills. Right, right, right. And you're uh, fire marshal now, but you were fire in fire inspector, investigator, <clears throat> and arson investigator. Correct. Right? So when I, I came over from the city, um, I came over as a firefighter paramedic, and I stayed at the police department in a part-time capacity, still working patrol, um, and then worked throughout the county as a firefighter paramedic. Um, and then had the opportunity when we introduced the arson investigators and the law enforcement aspect in the, the arson investigations unit to uh, transition my law enforcement certification to the sheriff's office and uh, worked fire investigations for the county for a few years. And then they expanded the division and introduced the deputy fire marshal position. I was fortunate enough to promote into that. And then the beginning of this year um, on to fire, fire marshal. Yeah, yeah, great. That's great. Thanks, Robbie. Very good. Myself, I got to uh, get started with Pasco County as a volunteer in 1999. Did that for about five and a half years. Got hired uh, in 2005. Fortunately, I had a heart attack in 2007. I had to leave the county. I then went back to school, uh, finished my degrees, and then went into the private sector for about 12 years. Worked in cardiac perfusion. And then in about 2017, had the opportunity to come back to Pasco County. I'm in the program administrator role. I've been here ever since. So... A lot of people aren't going to understand program administrator role, executive officer. Kind of explain what you do in that role. Get to assist the, the division chiefs, deputy chiefs, and the fire chief with helping day-to-day operations, long-term strategic planning, uh, performance development within the fire rescue division, sir. Right. And one of the recent things is uh, the accreditation for the rescue piece, right? Yes, sir. For CAS accreditation, which is a commission on accreditation of ambulance services that pretty much validates the service delivery that we provide to our citizens of Pasco County. Yeah. And so, you know, for those, you know, we're not just a small fire department. We're the, the second or third largest in the region, almost four, 700 now, you know, firefighter paramedics uh, covering 740 square miles. And I always get this number of active stations wrong. I think it's 26, 26. Yeah. So 24 hour operations, a lot going on. And then you, Certainly. you know, we're building like crazy across the county. So Certainly. we have a lot going on inspection side too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, through the expansion and the rapid development of the commercial 
base. Um, we work hand in hand with uh, BCS, right. Construction Services. Uh, we integrate full-time inspectors doing field inspections. We have full-time plans examiners. Uh, they're covering the mechanical trades and other trades, and then we're ensuring all fire and life safety measures are in place in the plan review process, and then following up with those field inspections to ensure they're being built to code. Right. So a lot of what your team does is all about prevention, preventing the actual response. Community risk, absolutely. Right, if, right. if we can prevent that emergency before we have to mitigate it, we're we're saving across the agency. Yeah, saving lives, same time, saving money. So great. So. You know, part of this is about leadership and really about public service and how they intertwine and how we use our leadership skills to do public service, right? So kind of give us a little bit about your leadership philosophy and, and how you lead people. Um, I, I think for me personally, it, it's servant leadership okay. and uh, trying to establish a contagious culture that people want to come to. Right. Um, I remember, you know, all through my childhood and, and uh, pick up games, whether it be dodgeball, kickball, baseball, football, um, you know, when, when you'd have that captain selection, you know, you'd right. all pull together and they'd, they'd pick those two captains. Um, everybody desired to be and, and, and play for one team or the other. Right. And as those picks were going back and forth, if, you know, it wasn't the captain that you wanted to play for, you'd avoid eye contact <laughs> and you wouldn't engage in that. And then when it came to his pick, you'd boast up and make eye contact and be ready to play. And, uh, you know, just uh, creating a culture where people want to come join that and be, be a part of that, um, you know, showing their value that they, they bring, uh, you know, game changing opportunities, day to day operations that uh, they, you know, their their opinion matters, their their ethics, their integrity. It's all valued at the uh, divisional level. And, you know, it that little impact is is on the grander scale of what we as a division offer the department and the department in turn offers to the county. Right. Yeah, it's like, I like the contagious aspect of that, right? Certainly. Really get people engaged, engaged and, and involved in the work they do. Certainly. Right. So, so Robbie, I think one of the biggest things for me and continuing off what chief from said was when you work for an organization and you going back to your dodgeball example, where everybody gets along and you have the culture there of trust, you don't care what team you get picked on because right. no matter what assignment you're going to have, you're going to be happy to be doing it. Right. And I think with Pasco County, and I think, I think you and I started right about the same time. Right. I've, you know, and going back to old county administrators back in the day, I see a definite culture shift and I feel that there's a, you know, there's trust here now. There's a lot of value mm -hmm. and you feel appreciated. Right. And, and, and in your role, you know, you, you, you work with a lot of different people, but you don't really, you're not their supervisor. Right. So how do you, you know, kind of apply your leadership skills in that. Cause that, we have a lot of people out there like that, right. That they aren't necessarily a supervisor, but they hell still have leadership skills and they still have to apply them. How do you apply them? So, you know, when I came from the private sector, I led a team of about 300 folks as the chief operations officer. And I came to Pasco County and I, like you said, I lead absolutely nobody. Right. But you know, it being in a senior position, I've come to, you know, find ways to effectively work with and communicate with divisional leaders to move the move the organization forward right right so 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 not necessarily the chain of command leadership but more referential treatment right leadership effective communication yeah. um collaboration and just finding ways to connect with you know different personalities within the organization right to find ways to do things so and yeah to that uh, you certainly don't need to be in a supervisory position to be a leader right. we right, have right. that in our foundation employees to right. all through our, our senior management and 
you know, enabling them and, and valuing that opinion and, and that direction or that insight and having, having people like Robbie to go to and, and, you know, seek counsel and direction and get input and insight. Um, yeah. That, so there's leadership opportunity for everybody right. in the organization right. and enabling them and entrusting them. Um, that that's a key factor to bring that to fruition. Right. Right. Well, and you know, probably 75%, 80% of our organization doesn't have anybody that works for them. Right. Certainly. And so if we ignore that piece of the leadership team, we're ignoring a massive amount of the, of the organization from a leadership perspective. So, so as you were in your career and as you were kind of uh, growing uh, through your career, when did you kind of realize you wanted to lead others and how did that happen? For my, you want to start or Jennifer? I think for myself, I've known that growing up, um, not really knowing how to do it, but I think I've always had the inhibition to always do my best right. and always try to pursue excellence. You know, I do that by always having goals for myself and hang out with people that are also goal driven. And by doing so, you're always trying to achieve more. And I think that's really helped me to be in a position where I want to lead. I love to lead. I love to work with people individually every single day and work as a team environment. And that's really helped me from the impetus right, moving right. forward. All right, great. So for myself, I, I never, I, I had the desire to serve, um, never had a desire to be a leader or a supervisor. Um, and it, it came to some, you know, key opportunities throughout my career where um, I, I looked at my passion for the department, for the division, the people I worked alongside with and uh, opportunities arose. And, and I asked that question, you know, if not me, then who? Right, and there was a concern that the who may have been somebody that wasn't as passionate about the people that they worked with and the job that we did. Um, so uh, that that's how I responded to that question right. and, okay. and pursued those opportunities. Yeah, and so just kind of continue to grow with, with that. So certainly. So in in terms of leadership, who's kind of been the biggest influence on your life and how you lead? You know, and not just in the forty plus hours we spend at work, but you know, we lead all, all the time everywhere, right? You know, that's all part of what we do. So, so for me, um, personally and professionally, I've, I've had exposure to some great leadership. Um, my, my, my parents, my father, uh, he, they instilled that, that, uh, servant, uh, servants are in, in myself and my siblings. Um, you know, that desire to help others and, and, and put others before self and, um, make sure everybody around us is taken care of, uh, with a high influence on work ethic and integrity right. and accountability and transparency and, um, something that, uh, you know, as a child, my, my brother and I, anytime my father was working on a project with us, you know, regardless of whatever we were doing, he always instilled the fact that you do it as you're putting your name on it. Right. So, a year from now, two years, three years from now, when somebody comes behind you and they see your work or what you're involved in, you know, by seeing your work, they'll know it's your name that's associated to it or knowing your name, you know, there'd be no question or no doubt of the, the quality of work or uh, what was put forth to it. Um, and then throughout my professional career, I've, I've had the pleasure to work for some phenomenal officers um, growing up and, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to work for some that was not so phenomenal. And, um, even from them, I try to gain, you know, experience and, um, you know, attributes to the direction of how I wanted to end up, um, in a position I wanted to be in. Um, so the good and bad, um, I would take from 
everybody I could around me. And, you know, I, I, there's characteristics and, and, and people, um, from both, both sides of the spectrum that, uh, I try to apply daily. Um, I, I think that's a, a valuable point is to, you know, see those leaders, um, that we don't recognize as strong, suitable leaders and we question their position. Um, but to find the good and the bad in those and apply that to where right. we are. Right. Right. Now you kind of can learn from everybody. And sometimes the bad experiences you learn more from than Certainly. you do the good experiences. Right. Certainly. Yeah. For myself, it started like chief from my family. You know, I was very blessed to grow up with an amazing, you know, set of parents, my sister, and I've always held me accountable for everything I do. And I think that's really been instilled as I move forward into my professional career. I work with some amazing leaders, amazing bosses that have really just mentored me and, uh, had allowed me to learn every single day I come to work and that's continued into Pasco County. So truly blessed. Right. So as you look back on your career, um, what are some kind of key lessons you've learned stories about leadership and, and things that have happened that you've, you've taken away things that have helped build your style and your, in your leadership for both good and bad. I mean, you know, we all have both of those, right? We all have failures and successes. So I think I can probably speak for both of us. Don't be scared to fail. Yeah. You know, I think I learned more from every failure that I've ever had than any success that I've ever had in my life. And the ownership of those failures, Correct. you know, assuming that responsibility, taking that ownership, um, and then as into a leadership role, even when that burden may not be on you, um, to, to own that and harness that on behalf of the team that right. you may be at the forefront of, um, that those are some key valuable takeaways. Um, and then, you know, moving beyond that, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the tough conversations uh, with the people you work with, right. um, it, that's, that's a, a must, um, but with your your transparency, your accountability, um, setting out your expectations and modeling those expectations eases those tough conversations um, w- when you have to have those. Yeah, and I don't think anybody enjoys tough conversations. Certainly not. You know, but you know, they're almost one mm-hmm. of those things that if you don't do, you're you're having a bigger harm on the organization or your team than if you have in in for the individual, right? Absolutely. You know, and so you know, in Pasco County. I think as a county entity, we truly live our mission, vision, value statements. You know, our values really undergird what we do every single day. You know, if you don't have respect, you're not going to stay here because, you know, your management team, your leadership team is not going to stand for that. And I think that's what really helps build the bond within our communities and with our teams. And we get the respect internally and externally with our stakeholders. Right. And that really helps us. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a great point. Yeah, there, Robbie, you know, one of the things that we've seen in the engagement survey is that it seems like every year um, when you do the word cloud, you know, our core values are represented more and more and more positively every year. And, and that's, you know, that's vital to us. That's who we are, right? That's our DNA is our core values. And you mentioned respect, but integrity, service excellence, which is, you know, excellence in all you do. That's, you know, I see it on every fire engine, right? And then uh, innovation which we see a lot of that, uh, you know, people are coming from all over the country to see some of the things y'all are doing in fire rescue because of the work you're doing. And, and you, you know, when you speak to, to excellence and, and we do, we have it on all of our apparatus committed right. to excellence. Um, it, it's a bold and audacious statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also that, that, uh, that accountability factor that, you know, we're going to declare it and we're going to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- we're being transparent with our, 
our community that that is our expectation right. um, on your behalf. We we want you to hold us to that caliber and, um, you know, nothing shy of excellence in, in all our delivery aspects. Right. Yeah, and it's in, you know, and you're typically delivering a service on somebody's worst day. You know, it's not a good day when you show up. Certainly. Generally. Certainly. Right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, that that's, that's a, a nature of the beast. And, um, we've, we've modeled a system where we've, we've got the right people, um, at, at the forefront responding to those calls for service. Um, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter to the, the person calling 911, what t-shirt you're wearing right. or what uniform you're wearing or what color your fire truck is, um, you know, how we respond and handle that need and, and mitigate that emergency. Um, at the end of the day, that that's, that's what it's about and that's what they care about, um, but being transparent with those expectations is uh, is our accountability factor. Right. right. Yeah. So. And with you know administration, we see, we do such a small piece of the puzzle. We help plan for the future, look at data driven aspects, and try to see how we're doing as an organization. But the men and women that we have on the front lines and our training division that trains our future of Pasco County, our senior leadership, shift commanders, battalion chiefs, captains, drivers, that go out and train every single day. You know, our public education team that looks for and our PIO that searches for the, you know, the next group of new hires to bring into the organization. Right. That's truly what makes Pasco County fantastic. You know, the leadership team that's doing the day-to-day -day operations, kind of you know, planning for the future, such a small piece of it. It's the right. men and women on the front lines that really. And, and that couldn't be true. We could all, <laughs> you could take all the senior staff and administration and give us a year off and calls are going to get answered um, just as they are today. Uh, with that care, compassion, and service excellence that's been instilled across the agency. Um, you know, an example, I, I took a week off. I took advantage of the, the, the holiday week last <laughs> week, and I burned some time, and um, I, I didn't pick up my phone once. I had nobody calling. Uh, There's a team in place that filled that void. Right. I had no worries while I was gone, um, and everything was taken care of. Right. So right. And that, and That's a great example. We I think have. the value of that is <clears> – <throat> That, you know, Chief Casson, our deputy chiefs, our division chiefs run a strong division that it trickles down into, you know, the newest employee that's the training center right now. Right. That's getting, you know, going through orientation because we have strong leadership at the top that's trickled down and helped us. And in, in the in fire rescue going through a growth, growth spurt here too, right? You know, four new fire stations coming online over the next couple of years, a couple different Rescue units coming online on right. top of that. Additional rescues, other brand new service delivery areas. Different services, you know, from a hazmat team and some other things that we kind of have teed up to do in the future. You know, you have a lot of growth opportunities, but there is risk with that too, right? You have to continue to maintain and build the culture of, of excellence in, in that. Certainly, yeah. What we have today need needs to um, bring us into that next step and that transitional phase um, where we're not just answering the needs of the agency expansion and, and development, but those individual needs of, of the lowest employee throughout the, you know, all the ranks. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, you know, we, we think about it, you know, as a non-firefighter, you think about, Oh yeah, they go to work, then they get to work out and they, you know, they, they sleep on the job at night and, checkers and then and you, my... and then you check their call schedule. It's like, okay, 2 a.m. 
you know, 4 a.m., you know, see when they're yeah. called out and stuff like, okay, well, that's a little more than just, you it, know, kind it, of it a is. thing. It's and, a tough life. And it is. It is certainly. And, you know, so many people are attracted to the the shift work of, you know, 24 on and 48 off. And, right. you know, they, they, they take one 24-hour shift off and they have a whole week. But in that 24-hour shift, I mean, there's, there's we have we have guys and girls out there that they get to work in the morning and they don't see the firehouse until the following morning for shift right. change. And they're fighting to get back to the station just to get relieved. Right. So um, hats off and to, to the, the field crews um, that are answering those calls and they're, they're going through the growing pains. And that's a, uh, you know, speaking to the leadership role, that's an aspect that we all need to keep in touch with is, is the recognition of what those people are going through while, right. you know, we're, at home in the evenings and on the weekends right. and taking those weeks off right. um, that, you know, it is those ground troops and, and team members that are meeting those needs for the community. Right. So as you continue in your leadership journey, how do you work to build skills and continue to refine uh, your skills, your leadership skills, both professionally and personally? So I pay attention <laughs> to my surroundings. I, I pick off of other people. I, I seek, counsel and direction from people I entrust. Um, I, I set myself up to see where I met with the team. Um, I'll ask for solutions or input um, with, you know, the direction I think we need to go um, to see how they respond. And an example was yesterday where uh, we were reviewing a project with a, a, a bunch of buildings and uh, there were some variances we could afford them to, um, forego a suppression system. Um, I had my answer that I wanted to provide the the contractor and the builder, um, but I, I put it back on the team. So, you know, th those self checks to see how we're doing and enabling our team and uh, setting them up to make those decisions on their own without our input or direction. Um, I, I, I think that that's been my biggest successes to continue in right. the development. Um, and then, you know, taking the opportunity to um, kind of humble yourself and in, in the position that you're in and the role you're in. Um, for me personally, uh, shortly after I was promoted to fire marshal, we had the deputy fire marshal role that we had to fill. And uh, it was a humbling experience to have a shift commander from the field come in and apply and, uh, you know, eventually get promoted into that role. So congratulations to Chief Boyette. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to have him as part of the team. And uh, it was it was a humbling experience knowing that, you know, the culture I'm trying to create in, in, in the division and, and that contagious attitude of, of servantry um, is seeking other people right. from other, other divisions in the department. Yeah, uh, when you do it right, other over. people see it. They want to join. So they want to join you. That yeah. that that certainly continues those leadership right. skills right. and and broadens them. I think for myself is to try to get it. You know, every encounter that you have with every personnel that you deal with every single day, have a takeaway, learn from everybody, either what's right or what's wrong, and try to mold yourself around that. Also, I've been you know blessed with a lot of us in fire rescue that have taken some of the leadership classes that we have through Pascal U. I know Chief Gaston's really pressed on us to constantly try to improve. We, a lot of us have been afforded the opportunity for Six Sigma training. And myself personally, continue taking leadership through uh, the CPM course as well, offered through FSU, through Pasco County right. as well. That's truly helped us. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, you you've both have mentioned in various ways uh, the element of trust in your team and 
and building trust and giving trust and then allowing them to run with things, you know? And so I think that's vital and wanted to make sure pointed out that you mentioned it and you, you just mentioned it, although you didn't say the word you, you mentioned the, the aspect of trust. And so, um, so how do you raise leaders on your teams? How do you identify then kind of raise them? So I, I think, you know, the, the recognition of just watching the people you work with and, and, and seeing those, those hidden leadership talents and, um, you know, watching how others in the division seek direction or guidance from those people or, um, how they, they interject and then just afford the, the opportunities to, uh, train and develop and continue their education. Um, and then we need to work on expanding opportunity for them, you know, and create an opportunity for them to advance. Um, fortunately through, you know, our, our recent BPI, um, and, and the, the fee schedule, we've created opportunities to, um, now we're in the division. We recognize those, those, those people that are stepping up mm-hmm. and answering that call unbeknown to any opportunity for advancement, um, where we have quali- qualified solid candidates to where right. we'll be able to plug into those, those roles once they're, they're open and released. So equally important to, to recognizing them, I, I think is creating the opportunity for the advancement and growth in their, in their career. Right. You know, one thing you said this morning, Mr. Biles at the town hall meeting was finding ways to hire to retire. I found that very interesting, you know, trying to keep somebody here for 10, 20, 30 years, depending on what part of their life cycle they come to Pasco County. But having that mentality and that approach is really, I mean, what more of a way do you show someone their value than to try to get them to come to Pasco, then retire, you know, 20 or 30 years later. Right. Um, and building off the trust is, I think, effective leadership is trusting your people to do what you ask of them without micromanaging them, showing them that you trust them, giving them the autonomy to do the work of the organization. Right. I think right. that's one way when they have the autonomy, they have the trust, they feel empowered. Right. Once they feel empowered, they will do the work of the organization of what you need to be done in order to succeed. Yeah. And they also have high expectations for them as well. Correct. Right. You know, because people want to, to meet and exceed your expectations generally. Correct. Right? So, yeah, no, that's, that's really good stuff. And, you know, we, we went through, you know, and you, we look back, none of us were there in the fifties and sixties where people got hired at a job and they stayed there for their whole life. Right. And then we went through, you everybody was changing jobs every five or six years. And then what we find now is that the newer generations don't necessarily job hop as much as people think they do, you know? And so if we build a culture that works, yeah, somebody will start here as an accountant too, or firefighter paramedic. And, you know, the next thing you know, 30 years has gone by and they're a you know, they're running a department or they're, you know, a division chief or, you know, or, or, or whatever. And so, you know, that's, but you got to build that culture, that, that team that wants people to stay, that people want to stay. Right. Certainly. And it's, it's that contagious culture that people want to come to, right. you know, right. um, they want to come to and they want to stay at. So, you know, creating that culture and that, that atmosphere that, you know, has that, that, that position where people are seeking to come to, um, it's equally important to invest in retaining them and, and, right. and keeping them there. So affording them the opportunities to grow, um, recognition, appreciation, um, they're, they're all important attributes to, to retaining them. So that that's probably harder, the retention aspect than it is the solicitation. Yeah. Well, and you went, you mentioned servant leadership early on and, in, 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 you know, that's part of not taking care of the, the worker. That's part of taking care of the person. So, and, 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 and that, you know, that, 
there is a, a a boundary that we have to respect with right. you know supervisor relations but um you know to take care of others personally before professionally um i I've, I've tried to put that at the forefront i mean i i, I tell people around me daily i love them more and uh, i i genuinely do um you know the 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 people that i surround myself with at work um you know we we create our 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 groups and our cliques of uh, like-minded individuals with, you know, the same integrity and ethics and values. Um, and, you know, when you, when you get to a position to where, uh, you know, you're, you're putting them before yourself, um, it's equally important that they know that. Um, so I, you know, that instilling that, 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 uh, that, that trust and that relationship and bringing it to a, a personal level, I think is, is more important than, than the professional level. Right. Yeah. When I think you treat somebody as though they're more than just, you know, a team member or personnel and truly know who they are as a person. Right. Really wants people to want to stay with an organization. Right. I don't want to just be someone, you know, Rob that works 40 hours a week at Pasco County and then goes home. Right. You know, if, when you ask me about how's my family doing, how my, you know, parents on the way over here, chief from's asked me, Hey, how's your parents doing? You know, that really makes me feel valued by the people I work with. Right. So I try to make sure every encounter that I have, I always try to get that connection more so than just a work-related thing. Right. Try to bring a personal aspect into that. Yeah, because people bring their whole person to work. Correct. Right? Sir. I mean, Correct. you know, a lot of the management theory over the years ignored all that, right? And it was, you know, we were just cogs on the wheel, right? And, you know, but I think over the last 10 to 20 years, people are starting to realize that it's a whole person and you got to take care of the whole person. And oh, I love that. That's great. L- so, life's, life's bigger out of the office than it is in the right, office. Right. You know? and, yeah. and we need to interject that out of the office into the office. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, prioritizing that and, and expanding the professional values into those personal values. Right. Uh, that's a, a key to that retention aspect as well. Right. Yeah. When people feel valued, they want to be part of that. They want to be part of the team and do that. So, so as we kind of wrap up, any tools or wisdom you'd like to kind of share with the, those listening? And we kind of talked to a whole bunch of stuff, but I mean, I know there's still some nuggets out there that maybe we missed. Take every opportunity to learn from the environment. You know, just from sitting here at this podcast, sir, I'm learning so much. You know, every meeting we go to, I learn from the people that I have the meetings with. Um, my you know supervisors, I learn every single day from each and every one of them. Everyone that I you know works, doesn't matter what your position is in this county, you have something to offer right. and learn from and never never waste an encounter right so two key takeaways and they, they came from the leadership series right. that that you assigned and in, in your leadership <laughs> library um so <clears throat> uh leaders eat last right but my biggest takeaway is they go first right right yeah. so you know more so than eating last we need to go first um and then the other book and this is no disrespect to yourself or dr bellis <laughs> but um uh good to great yeah. we are great yeah. we need to go from great to greater yeah and the reason i coined this and i presented at the, the state fire college on that book and uh i i changed it then um that that we don't we don't we don't value we don't um invest we don't exercise we don't we don't seek good so right. As a consumer, right? Um, you know, if we have a choice between a good restaurant and a great restaurant, um, if you know, if we're investing, 
you know, we're, we're going to invest in great and, right. and not good. So I think as an organization, um, we need to look at ourselves that we, we are great. Right. Um, we're, we're great now, but there's room to become greater. Right. And that's a concentration. So when we get that culture change to investing and in, in recognizing ourselves as being great, um, you know, we're going to have more investment. We're going to have people building that intimate relationship with the organization. Um, uh, so yeah, we are, we are great, Mr. Biles. Yeah, and, no, uh, I know, I know. And, and, I, and, 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 I, and I we are certainly going to greater. Right. Um, but, but we're not, we're, we're, we're good. We're beyond good. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You know, Mark and I talk about that and, you know, there's a part of that process is not everybody is where they need to be. And so, you know, we trying to see the whole picture as well, right? There is, but th those people that aren't where they need to be, um, you know, if, if they don't have that self value right. and, and, you know, that forethought of they're in a great position now, they're not going to exercise or right. in, in, invest um, to becoming or, or moving right. beyond that. Yeah, no, I agree. We have some great people. I, I liken it in, um, you know, in sports, right. You know, we've made the playoffs, you know, we've won best, uh, best workplace, um, three or four of those different awards. Right. And hopefully we're going to continue to win some of those as we continue to get better at that. Um, but we haven't finished number one yet. Right. So we've made the playoffs, but we haven't won the championship and being in Tampa Bay, We've seen a lot of champions recently, right? And so um, we want we want to be the ones holding the cup up. You know, we want to be the champ. So we still have work to do. So yeah, we're great. We're going to be greater, and we're continue to work on that. So yeah, no, I love I, the analogy. I love that yeah. analogy. It's great. <laughs> I could mention college football, but A and M just uh, you know, <laughs> they, they they're taking the next step, but they had str uh, struggled with quarterback issues this year. Yeah, but, yeah. rough season. Yeah, everybody so, has but, them. but they did. Yeah, but again, there's one where you have the Right, you have the demonstration of excellence, right? Absolutely. Over a period, a sustained period of time that you just don't see, kind of like John Wooden at UCLA, right? Uh, Nick Saban in Alabama, and and to be great, you have to knock them off. Absolutely. So you can't just knock off the normal team. You have to get to that level and sustain it, right? Not just one day, Certainly. not just one Saturday, and, and that's how they it. that's how they got there, right? Was, that's how they got know, there, so right? Sustained so, excellence, so. So we're kind of in that spot, right? We're we're trying to knock off that because when you look at the people who win the great, the you know we're we're competing against the no before, right? The USAA's the those companies that are nationally known as great workplaces, you know that's who we're competing with now, you know, and so yeah, it's going to take a sustained level of effort to continue to do that. So we're on the right path, though. So yeah, no, love the, the right comments, path. love the we comments, love the on the right path, and really appreciate y'all being here today. So. Before we end, do a little lightning round. Y'all have seen now. And, and a couple of these questions will be the same. So you've seen them if you watch the podcast. Because I want to kind of get a feel. I want people to get a feel. Because I kind of, we're local government. So got to ask a question about the office or Parks and Rec. So. And they're on Netflix. So, I um, mean, it's not like you can't watch them anymore. I, I apologize now because I've, okay. I've never seen either one. So. <laughs> We talk, you're not the here. first person. You're not the first person that said that. Though. So if, if I had a television series, I would. Um, I wouldn't pick one of your lightning round. Okay. I, I would go with Yellowstone currently. Okay. <laughs> Definitely The Office. The Office. 100%. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I like them both, but The Office, I think, gets me laughing longer. Right. So The Office or Yellowstone, Mr. Biles? Uh, you know, I've never seen Yellowstone. Oh, uh, goodness. We just don't watch a ton of TV, you know, but but when we gif and when we text and gif, so the family, it's always Office gifts, right? Always The Office gifts. Every once in a while. There's one for every occasion. There's one for Doesn't every matter. occasion. Does yeah, not matter. There is, yeah. 
and you got another story right going to start there. recording it yeah so let's go watch uh dawn or dusk so of course this time of year they come so close together <laughs> right right, right. what know, is but, what is dawn and dusk yeah. so uh professionally dawn mm-hmm. uh personally dusk um if okay. i'm if i'm off uh you know quiet time in the woods or right. on the water i like the evening hours uh, to start my day um, especially with my dog i love to get up right. he loves to get up in the mornings and right. start his day running before you know before daylight so yeah what do you even talk about your dog it's a toss 100 <laughs> percent dawn 100 percent first dawn. thing in the morning get started get going yeah it's because he's in bed by 5 30 6 30 all right so what's your favorite season of the year um wait we we don't have seasons, but okay, Florida, yeah, sir. No, Florida. outside of Florida, so recently I've been spending some time in North Carolina. Okay, um, fall is beautiful, winter is beautiful. Anything where it's cooler weather, um, you can always put more clothes on than you can take off. Right. So uh, the the cooler which is odd living in Florida, seasons. but yeah, yes sir, yeah. yes sir. Summertime, summertime. Get on the water, enjoy yourself. Get on the water, enjoy Be yourself. Outside. All right, all right. So what's the place you most so if you had a choice anywhere in the world, where would you want to travel to next? 28-day cruise. Where? Anywhere? Anywhere. Just get on a port and get go. On, get on a boat and just go. Yeah. 100%. So I I, I would stay within the continental U.S. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of our country that I've yet to see right. um, that I, I, you know, I'm excited about exploring and seeing and visiting. Um, but if I had to pick, um, probably go visit family. If okay. I, if I could go okay. right now, yeah. um, there's some, some family that I haven't seen okay. in a while. So I'd, I'd take the opportunity to go, go spend some time with them. Okay. Well, I think that oh, I'll stop there. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, uh, I think we beat that one up and at some point, you know, I'm going to get two people in here that haven't watched the office or parks. And Rock, so good luck with that interview, sir. Yeah, I know. So, well, I mean. That's like asking my kids about Seinfeld or Cheers, right? Yeah, but they're on that. You can I'd see them cheers. now. They're I'd go Cheers. There, you can see them now. So we uh, we actually did a Cheers tour not too long ago. We went back and watched all the old ones. Oh wow! With uh, so with while our, we were in Boston, we yeah. did a Cheers tour. Yeah, well, that's a little different Cheers tour. <laughs> so, okay. Well, thanks for joining you. It was great yeah. both having. Thank you, you for having us, Justin and Robert here today, and it was great to have you both. And special thanks to our media relations team who made this entire effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Dan Biles, and until the next one. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.